0: People think. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of What Most People Think. Hey, we're in the money, we're in the money. Apparently, apparently, because the BBC Director General said that there'll be maybe a few more people on panel shows that are. Of a, a non left wing persuasion- App- apparently i am now I'm buying a yacht or something or something but anyway we, we, we'll get on to that. it's been a, it's been a strange old week you know what was that uh, um announcement the uh, the kids have gone back to school as well the kids have gone back to school does any I, I wonder how that felt for a lot of those dads because that's weird isn't it like a lot of dads still working from home, the kids are going to school and they're the old man's still sitting on the couch in fucking cargo pants going, "Yeah, I've got a busy one too, son. Yeah, I've got a Zoom meeting half 11 till 12, so uh we've both got shit going on." And I don't know. Uh, it's been a strange week, isn't it? Well, it's always always strange at the moment. I uh, I kind of. Thought, I, I don't want to encourage like pupils that have gone back to school to do bad behavior, but it did occur to me that with face masks on is in assembly, if you want to do that humming thing, what can they do? Mm. And also, with the mask on, it's going to look freaky as fuck. Man, that was another weird thing. Just before we crack up the show, there's another weird thing. I don't know if you saw the, the photo of Phil uh, Schofield. I don't know him. Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby hugging. And they did it. <clears throat> it's a hilarious photo. They did it through, like, a, a kind of plastic sheet where you put your arms through and you have these long plastic gloves. I sort of thought, <laughs> he was, like, crying and... I thought, how dumb do you think people are? Do you you think that we don't think that they've met offset or any other time, but because they've got this desperately, look, we cannot be seen, okay, to be flouting COVID guidelines. So instead, we're going to make the set of this morning look like the bit where the fucking government enter E.T.'s house. (coughs) All the nerds going, wasn't actually E.T.'s house. Yeah, I I know. I know. Well, welcome to the show, Um, what most people think, the show that thinks that maybe uh, kids shouldn't have to wear face masks, in school because of a vanishingly small threat of an airborne virus that's on its way out. I don't know. I don't know. So, my son actually said to me this week, he said to me, uh, so he said, Daddy, why are all the kids wearing face masks at school? And I gave him a very mature answer. I said, because of the unions, son. <laughs> uh, just welcome, as ever, Patreons. Uh, we, had a, we got a £25 Patreon. So my tears are... Three, five, and ten pounds—they add their little tax, which makes it a bit more. Uh, but David Demain, who not only does the swear count, he's upgraded and he, he's given me way more than that. And I, I can't thank him enough. Not only that, but he does the work in compiling the weekly cuss count. Uh, and last week, so first up, I would like to apologise for like, last two weeks. Apparently, I've sounded like I was on amphetamines. Uh, so I'm trying to. You know, just take down my beats per minute a little bit, but I don't, I don't really know why that was. I, mean, I think maybe it's because I've been doing it with a computer that you know still, still asks me questions from the paperclip. Do you know what I mean? A computer that still runs off a, a diesel generator. You know, but the cuss count for last week was, and you know what, it was a particularly busy week of woke bollocks. So I will, I will make this exception, but it, it was high. Uh, one arse, one RC, two bollocks, one bullshit, one cunt. 8 fucks, 33 fuckings, new record, new record, I can't, I can't really justify that, that is, that's, that's too high, Uh, 1 pissing, 0 pricks, and I apologise to, uh, to David for that, Um, 5 shits, 1 shitty, and 1 wanky. So you know that was high, but there was a lot going on. You know, it was gay trains. There was the proms. There was there was other bullshit. Um, obviously, I've had a bit of a strange week this week. So uh, so I, I'll incorporate this into the, the the thank you and a fuck you. Thank you for all, all the new followers and people that have started sort of caught on to me after the announcement by the BBC Director General Tim Davey. Uh Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Twitter. All that stuff. Welcome to the the Patreon which has lots of advantages and exclusive content. Um, but it did open up the gates of hell as well. One of the interesting things about um, the news was you, you then got to see what left-wing Twitter kind of thinks right-wing comedy is. And, and the, general, um, the general sweep of opinion was that it's basically racism. Yeah, it's racism as sort of Jim <laughs> like Bernard. Jim Davidson was trending above any other name connected with the story. What, like, I mean, if anything shows you how modern TV doesn't have the same impact as the stuff from the old days, it's the fact that the, the former host of Big Break was the only reference point that people could think of uh, for right-wing comedy. And, um, you know, I mean, but Jim Dayton hasn't been on BBC for, like, a quarter of a century. And I don't people thought he was just going to rock up on, like, Mock the Week and just do, like, banter with Dara... Uh, but what they what they sort of mean right is that, that they, they think right wing comedy... the last thing that the last time they knew what right wing comedy was it was it was racist and it was oppressive to minorities and and so therefore that 's what it must be a quarter of a century later and i 'd like to assure people i 've got i 've got no plans of doing blackface i 've got no plans of doing blackface i 'll leave that to all the other well mainly left wing comedians that have done blackface i mean, it's, it's really that was a really bad example for people to pick. Or what, is, what are right-wing comedians? You're just going to do blackface. What, like like Tina Fey was right-wing? What, like Sarah Silverman was right-wing? Like fucking Justin Trudeau was right-wing? He was a comedian, eh? He tried his best though, didn't he? I got a lot of that out of this week as well. What, right-wing comedy? What, you mean like Boris Johnson? Well done, mate, well done. You're giving a great example of just how funny left-wingers are. And, you know, they sort of thought... The, the other weird thing is they sort of thought that if you were right-wing, all that would mean would be that you'd be engaged in this weird... Uh, constant high five of the government and like first things first that is impossible to make funny agreeing with things isn't funny do you know what i mean like even this this isn't just for political comedy this comes down to observational stuff no one's ever done like observational stuff about something that they love right no one has ever got like you go god oh, god have you ever noticed how, like when you're on a beach and, and it's just really relaxing <laughs> what's all that about hey eh? It's not. It's about when you. It's about when you're on a beach and it's pissing down. It's about things that annoy you, wind you up, or seem unfair. You know, it all, it's always the same. you rip ripping. All it means is, you know, whatever right wing comedy is called for now, it's ripping the piss out of the ideas and the idiocy of the other side, right? And and the other point is, is that the idea that, that anybody on the right wouldn't have issues with the current conservative government is a laugh. You know, you, you, you look, I wouldn't go on a program and have issues with the government that have basically done socialism, short-term socialism and lock people in their houses, you know just because it's, it's not a blanket endorsement, this is what I find odd, like we very recently had an incredibly incompetent leader of the Labour Party, so you think, well you could be a Labour voter and think that the Labour Party are in a bad place, right, and I could be a Conservative voter and think that the Tories are going through a pretty sticky patch, right, but no, apparently it's just high-fiving in a hall of mirrors I mean, the point as well is it's, it's about, I think, it's just that it's about culture as well, isn't it? You know, right? If you're right of center, or because it's not just you know overtly right wing comedians, it's holding views that are atypical for the comedy community at large, right? So, the comedy community at large has been, for example, uh, is, is pro lockdown, you know, it's been largely just wear the fucking mask, dude. You know, they've been quite sort of uh vocal on that front, perhaps more so than the rest of society. The comedy community might be more likely to be anti-Churchill. Right? Obviously, unless they were opening a gig like, like in fucking Hole, then they might just wind their neck in. But yeah, equally, I'm more likely to maybe say that, you know, maybe five years old is too young for a child to pick their own gender. You know, so there's other areas. There's other areas here, which I'll be picking up. And by the way, I haven't said what an amazing guest we've got this week. We've got Andrew Doyle back on the show. Uh, Andrew Doyle was on the third ever show. So I'll be talking to him about a lot of these issues. But I suppose one one of the things, just to bring this little chat about right-wing bollocks comedy to a close, is that they get the, they get the idea of like punching up and punching down wrong. Because the left... I mean, the, the thing about the left is like the, the idea that it doesn't hold power. That's what I find funny. Well, no, you know Because the Tories are in power, so therefore they're the people you take the piss out of. Yeah, what about the fact that... You can basically get companies to drop a product if like 200 people tweet about it. What, what about that kind of power? Do you know what I mean what about what about the power whereby comedies get removed from broadcasting corporations without any reference to anybody? They just they just get removed. What about what about that power? What about the power of the the gay train from last week, where where a network like rail provider suddenly spends thousands of pounds. Turning uh, a train into the pride flag and then distributing pamphlets w- without any real demand from their customers. And truth is, I think that you know, I think that maybe maybe something good will come out of it because one of the one of the charges is the, that's leveled at left wing comedy is that it no longer has its edge, and maybe that's because quite often it occurs uh, in a room full of people agreeing with each other, and there is nothing. Entertaining about a room full of people agree with each other, and you know the truth of the matter is is I've got this real hunch. Call me old fashioned, right? But the next few weeks will bear it out. I think there might still be one or two left wing comics on topical panel, comedy panel shows. You know, I know, I know it's a radical take, but I think that there's a very strong chance that it, that it hasn't been left wing comedy hasn't been cancelled as a concept. I think in six months, what you'll have noticed is that maybe me and Simon Evans. Had a couple more panel show gigs than we did before. Anyway, look, let's get on the chat with Andrew Doyle. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast, Mr. Andrew Doyle. Thanks for having me
1: back. Well, you were on, you were on the third ever one, mate. Is you know that exactly I mean? right? I was yeah, one of yeah. the veteran. I was, I was there from the beginning, before, you were. before it was fashionable.
0: And it was at the time when you, you'd you come
1: out as the man
0: behind Titania.
1: Ah, was... okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. It would have been sort of March last year or something like that. And yeah, and obviously the great thing is, since then, all, all the woke bollocks has died down and we've all moved totally on. It's totally gone. To we've a... moved on. That's what they all said to me, you know. So when, when the lockdown started and I, I kept yeah. tweeting as Titania, I kept getting all these messages, even from her fans, saying this is ridiculous no one cares about this anymore uh, we, we, you know uh, we've got actual hardship to deal with now no one cares and i was and i did i wrote an article at the time saying there's no way this is going to kill off the culture war and i hate to say i told you so but I really fucking did. No, uh, do you
0: know what you were totally right. about? I, I thought exactly the same. I was like, wow, we are in a different era now. We, we're all going to be focused on the same goals and just getting through this together. And then, and then it came back harder than ever. And I, I don't ever. think I've quite... Was it because
1: people just had more time sitting on their hands doing fuck all? Um, yeah, but well, they were limited they were living online a lot more than they even yeah. normally do but but they, the signs were there really from the very start because like a lot of the the conflict going on with Trump was to do with the fact that he was calling it the Chinese virus and then it became racialized and then there were there were articles there was an article in CNN going on about how the task force that he'd selected was too predominantly white and male so even within the discourse of coronavirus uh, all of this stuff was creeping in quite prominently and i knew it would be weaponized i mean it was and then of course you had the the rainbow flag uh, used by the nhs uh, which then got accused of appropriating the gay symbol by lgbt activists so it, like the the thing about critical social justice and and critical race theory and queer theory and intersectional feminism is it can be weaponized to literally problematize anything you can yeah. think of absolutely anything in the world, and they could find a way to problematise it. And that's why it'll never go away.
0: <laughs> I mean, why did... I mean, it sort of but to the point where, I mean, earlier in the podcast, i will be talking about, you know, I've had the whole right-wing comedian fer- ferrari, this thing. It, it, it unleashed some strange characteristics, one of which I thought was slightly odd, was that so many comedians were at least publicly pro lockdown and i just I, I didn't understand you know it's another one of these strange divisions of the culture wars like so <laughs> almost you have to go into your separate lobby and you know yeah. go, oh, we're going to be pro lockdown why was that was it because it's like a, there was a simple equation between virtue like i oh, can't stop people dying therefore i'm a lefty comment. yeah
1: i reckon you're right that I, I really stayed out of that whole thing and and i did that on the grounds that i'm not uh, a scientist and I know nothing. About- <laughs> Fuck I'm not- you, man? I'm not I'm an epidemiologist, so I thought I'd better sit this one out, right? So Have you I- even I- seen how Twitter works, Doily. I mean, <laughs> is- you need to get off it, mate. That is. But I think that's right. What you say is right, because it just, just in the way that the Brexit debate became about, it didn't become about, are we going to be a member of this neoliberal uh, economic trading bloc? It, it became about whether you're a good or a bad person, which, which mm. admittedly is a much simpler thing to vote on. Um, but it's, it's not really grappling with the issues. And I think that's probably the same. Any kind of political issue now uh, becomes a, a, a kind of statement of whether you're virtuous or whether you're not uh, in the minds of certain people. I think it's I think it's daft. To be honest. Do, do you think, I mean, I just sometimes think that if ever, if the people that feel like, if we could just get a church
0: revival going on, I do feel like a lot of these people would just be happier if once a week they yeah. consolidated all this bollocks like into an hour and a half on a Sunday morning, had a bit of bread, had a bit of wine,
1: they and, love then it. Just,
0: and then just could just feel okay about themselves. Well, of you course,
1: you're, you're tapping into the now common uh, idea of, 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 of wokeness as a new religion, which of course it utterly is i mean it's it's a, it's well, it's not just that because i mean religion can be quite a good force i think but it's 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 a fundamentalist form of religion lockdown was holding
0: quite well until the Cummins affair and, and how badly the tories handled that and then it's sort of the, the amazing thing about the culture war it was it always throw up something that makes you completely contradict yourself so yeah. obviously there was a it was like, this is bullshit if you leave the house it's going to kill people and then obviously there were the black lives matter protests. and then a lot of people did uh, leave the house, and you know fortunately it doesn 't seem to have led to any great spike, which which, right. is, which is the good thing, but then people were then forced in a position who literally two weeks earlier have been saying Cummins is, is is essentially a sort of airborne virus serial killer to, you know, people gathering is okay
1: if I approve of the how, reason. How can they not see the hypocrisy of that? I don't get it. Like I saw one mm. tweet, it was it was by someone but like James O'Brien. I mean, you know, you, that sort of person. <laughs> uh, tweeted something out uh, and there was a photograph of all these people at the beach having fun. And there was a photograph next to it of Dominic Cummings. And he said, you know, one thing leads to another. And I just thought, why wouldn't you substitute that with the Black Lives Matter protest? Which would surely make a lot more sense. I'm sure uh, if, if there was the possibility yeah. of spread, spreading COVID that would have done more damage just given that there were so many more people unless unless dominic cummings has this sort of secret uh, viral capacity that's like a kind of supervillain possibility <laughs> but there was it was and in america of course you had uh you even had sort of experts suggesting that covid cannot be transmitted if it's for black lives matter it's a, uh, what what happens is it, it it takes a day off when that goes on and and actually it only transmits when trump supporters go out to get their hair cut that's that's Just sort of what being a,
0: a vicious virus it has it, principles.
1: It's, has, of, it's very principled. It's very pro-BLM. It's very politically partisan. So, you know, good for June the June
0: 2020, the virus has become self-aware. What most people think. Yeah, I mean, and it, then it was, you know, like the, a couple of weeks later, we had the, the statue protesters obviously and there were various inconsistencies in that because obviously you know we had the largely peaceful so we had the tweet by the bbc and said it was largely peaceful and then 27 police officers were injured
1: yeah yeah Um, i mean (laughs) well we've just had cnn talk about the largely peaceful protest while there's literally explosions in the background yeah
0: so to just explain this to a lot of people there's a cnn news report where the reporter was sort of like dressed like one of the goons from mad max fury road (laughs) and he was standing in front of an apocalyptic backdrop of burning buildings
1: and what did it say? It was a it's, it's largely, fine. largely peaceful protest. It was it was like the Chemical Ali moment, wasn't it? With it the, really was. There yeah. are no
0: tanks in Baghdad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I, I, I honestly don't believe that you can't see that as funny, even if you come from that no, side no. of the political s- spectrum. It's so preposterous. I mean, they must think that people are just genuinely stupid. They must just think people are thick. They or, or, or they
0: just, they know it's kind of daft, but they're so worried about the cultural backlash. They go, look, we're just going to do this because I actually, I can't be doing with trending all weekend. I'm away with the kids. I'm just going to yeah. say something ridiculous. I'd rather have the right on my back than the left. And the problem is, is, is with some of this stuff is to me. and I think, you know, where your kind of projects and your missions, a lot of it's come from, is it's so counterproductive. It's, it's just, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. I think you can both hold together the idea that a large number of people protesting peacefully, but that there are a consistent number of yeah. uh you know a, a militant wing that are doing damages to people's lives and property
1: and it's the lack of consistency that's the problem isn't it i mean like yeah. you know particularly when it comes to the the toppling of statues you know that that, that hasn't been thought through uh whatsoever i mean like if, if you want to have a debate about whether a statue should be removed and maybe contextualized in a museum and all of that, that that's fine but but it all, it's all based on this idea that a statue is celebrating the worst aspect of that person's character that that's what it's about and that's absolutely <laughs> not what the statue is there for when they put a statue of winston churchill up in parliament square they weren't celebrating the the things that he said about uh, black people abroad it wasn't yeah, about or, or it was, the Indian uh, famine yeah. or the Indian famine it was it was about the, um, the whole defeating fascism stuff uh, that yeah. was really what the focus of that uh, that was so then by, by by just selectively deciding what that means and anyway it's a it's a historical artifact it's something to do with history if you're if you're going to uh, interpret it as celebratory then that's that's sort of your problem and if you want to just eliminate anything that had any kind of complicity in slavery or all of the dodgy stuff of the past, then we are going to lose an awful lot. I mean, I love the fact that the Guardian was founded by someone who made his fortune off slavery and that the Guardian in fact supported the South in the American civil war and were very much uh, angry at Abraham Lincoln for uh, uh, abolishing the slave trade. So if we really want to, do, I mean the Guardian wouldn't exist if it weren't for slaves.
0: Maybe so... that was just a hot take at the time. Maybe most people <laughs> in Britain thought it was bang out of order and the Guardian were going, how can we fit into this uh, sort this... of palette of opinion?" those it.
1: people who were tearing down the statue of edward colston would have been i've no doubt the first to support him at the time because yeah, they that's, they're, I think that's because about, they're mob. Yeah. They're, it's like a mob mentality that's exactly the well. Way, they, by, the, what they would have done was they tore down that
0: statue because they knew that they could right so it was a, what seemed to be an act of rebellion was actually quite safe. You know, they sort of they set it, was it up. was very safe. Old, yeah, they set it up the old bill. Do you know what I mean? There was incredibly like there was there was like a health and safety briefing. They formed a safe perimeter away from it, and you thought, God, if if you could actually harness some of these skills by getting a job, you know,
1: I mean, yeah, the it, benefit
0: it, that you could offer.
1: It's funny. I mean, I don't you know I don't care about that statue, but the but the point is no. like it, it's it's. Um, it's it's funny to me because it's it's so obviously just a historical artifact that's just there and 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 like you say it was a very safe thing to do to sort of tear it down at the time and and but ultimately my opposition to it is just that because i believe in liberal democracy and i think there are yeah but yeah, i don't be believe <laughs> that you know it's like the week after a bunch of fascist idiots poured acid onto some uh, some statue i can't remember who the statue was of now um uh, but it was a, a sort of a racial racially motivated uh, piece of vandalism, and you think well once you say it 's okay for mobs just to decide what they destroy and well what yeah they go and... this
0: is this is one of my issues with the liberal left is that they often identify like something that 's unfair and harsh, and you go yeah, absolutely that was that was bullshit historically or this is a this is uh, an oppressive situation now but they don't have like a second place. So for example, if you look at like the migrant issue with people coming across uh, the channel, right. Yeah. You sort of say, well, don't demonize the, the, the refugees or something. i like, absolutely. Why would I do that? You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Uh, You know, don't, you know, you got their people too. And they go, yeah, absolutely. You know, they go every single boat is full of doctors. And I go, well, maybe, but the, but then I go, well, the issue that I care about is if you wave people through, you get more crossings, more crossings equals more peril, for yeah. the people involved, and also it's very difficult for the kind of councils in that area to deal with the influx of people. But the argument seems to come to a grinding halt there, where they, where they just sort of then flip back to, but they're people too. I'm like, yeah, I fucking get it.
1: Well, it's, it's this infantile thing of just totally mischaracterising people's opposition to stuff. So, So, yeah. like, the migrant thing comes down to, well... If if you have a, a a problem with migration, then you obviously are racist and you hate migrants, right? So that's that's the very sim- simple mischaracterization of the view. Or similarly, if you if you oppose the tearing down of statues, then you obviously support slavery. First, yeah. no one in this country supports slavery, and no one <laughs> yeah. thinks it's a good idea yeah, yeah. to to be evil to migrants, right? So so this is not. And if
0: you did feel strong about slavery, you'd mainly worry about the stuff that's happening now, I think. Yeah, like yeah, the, the, the human slavery does actually well,
1: that's actually. That's actually going on yeah. quite exactly. But but similarly, I mean some of the tweets about the american election have been pretty unhinged and it's it's been it's been stuff like you know you, you are if you vote for trump you are voting for a fascist dictatorship you had um um oh gopal you know the the um Priyvada gopal the um yes the academic from cambridge who was tweeting about those two idiots who were holding up the oswald mosley flag the, the british union of flag at the covid march and she was saying you see that's proof that fascism is widespread there are two of them I know,
0: this is the, yep. the phenomenon on Twitter, and I think it works across both sides, is taking tiny moments and saying, this is who we are now. Yeah. And it's so dangerous, really, because there's always been pricks. There were just yeah, they haven't, exactly. they haven't always been cameras, right? Right. And, and if you base your and and it works for everybody, if you base your entire view of, of the right wing or the left wing or police, right, or, or people who work in fried chicken shops based on a couple of clips that that kind of corroborate it,
1: yeah, that is and it's um it's unintellectual really is the main thing. I could find you anything. I could find you a tweet to support anything, right? I could find you a, a, someone who has a sexual fetish for lettuces. Okay, I hope you're enjoying the chat of Andrew.
0: How good is he? It just, you know what I mean? It always delivers, man. Always delivers. Always interesting to talk to, and there'll be more of that coming up. Uh, just a quick review, um, a shout-out for the £5 patrons. If you if you become a patron, go to patreon. whatever, and <laughs> I'm always terrible at these types. What most people think, or type in Jeff Norcott, and there is there, there are loads of benefits access to exclusive old video content you get a first shout on ticket stuff as and when it comes up and there's other things coming uh, as i explained to you uh, let's do the five pound showers first laura halliday jessica baldry and claire just claire that's that's confidence of a woman what's your what's your name love it. it's claire claire what just claire you know like uh you know like pele i'm the i'm the claire of peles i'm the pele of claire's um but yeah, the video thing is coming up. I'm still working off this um, this old Mac um, iMac thing, but the video thing is coming very soon and that will be, the, the entire content of that will be uh, exclusive to Patreon. And I hope to have fine announcement about the tour dates, which is due to go ahead. I have hunkered in, I have hunkered down like fucking Churchill, like Britain in December of 1940, but all these other comics have been just pussying out, frankly. <laughs> It's not true. A lot of them just had to. No, they've been pussying out and moving their dates to 2021. Well, I don't give a fuck, right? We're going to go ahead. I don't care if they have to move me up to a 2,000-seater and we're all sitting further from each other than you have to when you're walking around one of those one-way systems in a fucking uh, supermarket. Can I just say, by the way, on, on, on lockdown things that might work or might not work, is that um, I, I, think, I don't think one-way systems in restaurants are as effective as they seem to be. I do think that when we look back... You know, like there's a lot of things that will look stupid from this time. Phil Phil and Holly hugging through a plastic giant condom. Uh, (laughs) Or blokes pulling up T-shirts over their noses when they go in petrol stations. I think the idea that we once had little arrows on the floor. (laughs) Little arrows on the floor that meant we went to the toilet this way and we came back that way. I, I think that one day we'll reflect that that possibly wasn't the solution to a killer pandemic. you know we talked about um protests a bit and stuff and, and one of the things that i do find disappointing on quite a lot of the left is the the, the sort of scant regard for democracy right yeah, you know yeah. and, and things like, like that it sort of it, it, they seem to wave a lot of stuff through if it kind of fits with their world view and, and we've had a few protests recently some weren't fined some were mm. um, so the the kind of anti-lockdown um protest which in undeniably involved a lot of cranky so the the, the Piers Corbyn one. The Piers Corbyn one. So he yeah. got fined 10 grand. And yeah, then yeah. there was a couple of other protests. There was another Black Lives Matter protest and another one which, which escapes me that, that didn't appear to, to get fined. That, that's like seriously worrying. that the, the government, just like with the, the shit on the exam, seem to there seems to be an algorithm for fines <laughs> as well yeah. as exam grades. But I don't know why people aren't concerned about this. What is it in, in the kind of modern left-wing mindset that just allows people to wave that through?
1: Uh, I, you know, I wish I knew the answer to that. I absolutely don't. I think it's connected to the uh, the, the shift of, of left-wing sentiment into the middle class or be, or being largely dominated by middle-class people because uh, they tend to be quite entitled. <laughs> they tend to yeah. not give a shit about what people think. and, and democracy well, I like is quite... that,
0: so it should happen.
1: Yeah. Well, you base it. I mean, I, I, you know, that's a very simplistic and obviously stupidly reductive thing for me to say. But I'm going to say it anyway, because you know, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you look at the Brexit vote, it's a perfect example of that. We, we, I think we should all really remember this. I'm I'm still astonished that there were three years after that vote where the British establishment tried to overturn a democratic no, fucking mandate. Like know, that was a major, I mean, I honestly think if you times, I think historians will look back on that and think, this is mental. How, mm. how, how did the public not fucking revolt? This is fucking weird.
0: No, like, I agree. I think that that period of time, the way that the people that were complicit in that think it will be perceived, I don't think it will be perceived. They don't like get that. it. The they, don't, idea, they look like, stupid. The idea of like that you could uh, revoke a referendum before you'd implemented it. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, that was one of the problems of of the the delays was just like, this has to happen. Like some, <laughs> that you, you could get a softer Brexit if you play your cards right but something's got to happen here. Like there's there's no way <laughs> fucking like
1: around this. But the arguments were like children's arguments. Like, you know, oh yeah, but you know, you don't have the same prime minister forever. You have another general election. And then, so yeah, because you've implemented the first one, you twats. Like it's 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 the, the, the simplicity. And I don't think uh, in retrospect, anyone with half a brain could look at that stuff and think that it's anything other than just a flagrant. You know what? Again, I'd be much more respectful of these people if they just said, I don't agree with the result and I don't really agree with democracy. So can we just do it again so that the, the educated people get it right, and then and the idea that the speaker John burker wasn't an activist is is so palpably ludicrous. You, I, you know, I don't. This what I always like to take people at face value, and I don't like to uh, assume that they're not being honest. And maybe it is the case that they all just deluded themselves into thinking this way, but but it does smack of dishonesty. There's no. This, it's just so clear. Uh, and it doesn't really stand up to any kind of scrutiny. So it's, 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 a, it's a weird one. And I, I, I mean, I know I won't live uh, till I'm old, uh, but if I did, then I, I would look forward to it so I can look back and see what the historians are saying about it because it's going to look fucking nuts. Well, I think the revoke thing, in a way, you know, if
0: you look at the 2019 election, I think that a decent part of the of the heft of that majority was because a, the, the indecency of revoke pushed people further, you know. Yeah. And when you had somebody like Joe Swinson swanning around okay we get in we're just gonna i think that 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 for kind of like even like rejoin types were suddenly like oh right so this
1: is a possible
0: consequence of this election now rather than being like we just want to rail against the inevitable i think
1: a lot of remain voters understood uh, the dire implications for democracy if this didn't happen so that's the other thing so the 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 election became about whether you support democracy or whether you don't really and, and unfortunately and because of Jeremy Corbyn's stance which was that he was going to have a second referendum or at least supported the idea of a second referendum of people's vote as they euphemistically called it then uh, inevitably the Tories had a surge and mm. you know and again I, I don't like that because an election shouldn't be reduced to a single issue and it shouldn't be uh this party's pro-democracy and this party's anti-democracy but effectively that's what it became and that's a shame
0: to speaking of like you know reactions to elections and stuff i think you know it does look i mean it's hard to judge it in in the states there are a lot of people like us probably that think that it's less clear cut than a lot of people would think and that that's based on the last few elections so it, you know you can't keep having exceptions at some point you've got to have the rule yeah i am maybe like a lot of people like i don't partic- i don't like donald trump as a human being uh i, <laughs>
1: don't I think, think anyone he, does
0: <laughs> i think he's uh, yeah not even like his offspring not his no, wife you can no tell. One does I, and I probably, you know, I don't want him to win this election. I do want to see what would happen if he does, because like, I just yeah. I,
1: I, want, I want to know what the scale of the hissy fit would be this time. We've got, I, you know, either way this goes, it's going to be a disaster. That's the that's the really yeah. unfortunate thing is that, um, you know, so I I don't know which way it's going to go. I mean, the odds are definitely on Biden winning at the at the moment. But you see, so both both parties are so just completely immersed in identity politics that it's ridiculous it's now it is now a culture war that's what it is now you know donald trump has his, his sort of nationalistic protectionist ideas and then you've got uh biden who's bought in completely to kamala harris and the identity politics and all the rest of it and and you know, so either way is it going to be a fucking disaster for the country. <laughs> but,
0: but I mean, what, what the weird thing with Trump, obviously, is as right wing, but economically speaking, like that kind of protectionism is more commonly found uh, on, on the left. But it also gives Biden very little room to move into Sanders type territory. Because yeah, yeah. Trump's already like poured money into mining and old fashioned
1: industries. So yeah, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Mind. Because Trump isn't really a Republican. That's that's, that's no, that's
0: no, the... no. He's a, he's just a, a, per, a personality. He, he but, will. So he's a bit like you know Boris. I mean, like it's too easy to compare him and Boris, but Boris has proved himself equally of no wing. Yeah. One of the mistakes that we, I think, we've made in this country in our understanding of Trump is is the distance between what he says and what he does. Right? Yeah. Like, so what he says is almost always mad. Right?
1: Yeah. Um, but what he does isn't. You know, there have been some horrible policies, but they haven't all been like that. Well, economically, he was doing really well. Like, there's, there's, yeah. there's no. I mean, it's it's funny to me to hear the Democrats slag him off for how badly the economy is doing. It's like, they, well, there's the virus. I mean, that is sort of what happened there, isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. it's you know, that's what happens when, when the population is locked down and can't go to work. There's a recession. But it's so, yeah, there's all of that, which, and in fact, had the virus not come along, I think Trump would have won with an absolute landslide because, because Probably, yeah. you know, unemployment was, was, was you know, not nowhere near as bad as it had been. The economy was thriving, relatively speaking. So, yeah, he was, he was, he was doing well. So who, who the hell knows? I think it's just that he's handled coronavirus so badly. That's going to be his undoing.
0: But and, and like the only thing that could get you out of jail, right, is if you look old and confused uh, yeah, and hand right. in handling a pandemic. Is what if, for example, the other guy looks older and more? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. There's no denying that that Biden's physical and mental decline is visible. I think yeah. that's that. It's it is. It, it, so what is he
0: now? He's, is he Trump seventy four? and He's seventy
1: eight. He's seventy eight, but not. It's not just about the age, is it? It's it's also that Kamala Harris is. It's perceived that that's who you're voting for, really. That she's going to be president if she wins. That's the perception. Whether that's fair or not, I don't know. Um, And maybe Biden's just not good on... Well, no, that's not true. I mean, years ago when he was VP, he was he was he was quite coherent. I think some... he's just
0: an old bloke. I
1: he's mean, just an like, old bloke. Yeah, yes, yeah. I always say to people think of any man in your family that has reached that age,
0: right? Yeah. Most of them probably didn't. Anyway, the ones that did were shot to pieces. He's doing so all right he, for his age, actually. He's doing he's okay. Doing, he's doing. Oh, he's doing okay, but he shouldn't be. I, I mean, it's one of my biggest prejudices is against old men in politics, and I am sexist in this respect because I think women can be a bit sharper at that age. Yeah. Men, men are shot through, and the idea that like it came down to like. a
1: uh, two blokes with a median age of 76, right? Um, that's American politics, though. They love their elder statesmen, don't they? They prefer, yeah, they, don't, I they suppose don't, they like a patriarch. Don't they? they don't trust younger people to be at the helm, they just don't. Mm. I mean, just historically, they don't. So,
0: but and, and and the other thing that's missed over here is that, that Biden, you know, he, he certainly you know on, on his personal life it's not as, as toxic as some of the allegations that trump has had but he's there's lots of videos of him being very weird with um
1: sniffing people's hair there's a lot of that
0: hair. there is weird and, and I, I would say that just from my experience of men aging i, I don't think the weirdness is going to reduce as
1: he comes as he hits uh, <laughs> i think he'll be sniffing hair all over the place like on cats on like every, i think that'll be his thing and the, the funny thing we forget i mean kamala harris did sort of basically say his accusers should be believed i mean she did sort of imply uh and now and she also kind of implied he was racist you know you know so when it came to that uh, school segregation debate and so it's weird to me that that that's just been sort of brushed over now um but that's quite a fundamental problem i think what most people think
0: Speaking of dogma, I, I put it out to the patrons uh, for some letters for you. And there's was, there was a lot of take up, right? Uh, and to the point where several people asked the same question. So okay, that's like, interesting. Just, do, just do a couple of uh, letters. Here? You, no, there's nothing bad, by the way, mate. I don't mind. <laughs> but,
1: I, I would actually be really surprised if there wasn't some kind of hellish abuse no, in the middle no. of it. Or That's, a, all good, that's a shock. That's a shock.
0: Several people asked the same question, and it came from people that are working in workplaces that are doing kind of uh, diversity awareness training, you yeah. know, various kinds of re-education. Corporations just essentially seeming to do the right thing, and they they fundamentally uh, are, are against the idea that their company can kind of impose this on them. So yeah. the question, you know, bringing it down in a nutshell, is what can they do to push back on that without losing their jobs?
1: They have to say no, basically. I mean, the, the, the reason why unconscious bias training for just to take that as an example unconscious bias training or implicit bias or whatever you want to call it um firstly uh, the science is in on it it doesn't have any effect whatsoever it is an utterly useless waste of time so there's that um, but so just on the practical level it, it shouldn't be going on um, you know you can take the same test twice in one day and you'll have completely different results it's it's, it's utterly meaningless we of course have infinite number of unconscious biases going on in our brain uh, but the idea that you can regulate them or modify them by using this test is is being proven not to be the case so there's that so that's the first thing to put aside uh then the second thing is the liberal point of view which is actually no one in your company has the right to be probing around in your Mm. secret thoughts they just don't have that right even if those thoughts are pretty horrendous and horrible it's nothing to fucking do with them right um but also there's this 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 thing about capitulation and i think because, like you say, people are afraid of losing their jobs and they're afraid of speaking out. I mean, I've got so many friends who are teachers because I used to be a teacher and they're all being told to read books like White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo and they've been told to talk to kids about white privilege and they're told to reorganize the curriculum, and decolonize the curriculum, and change pastoral policies and change teaching training policies mm. and all of this stuff on the basis of unproven, highly contested theories that they are now expected to teach as truth. Uh, things like critical race theory, white fragility, white privilege. These things are shoddy theories and certainly if you're going to be t- teaching them in schools you should be teaching them in a balanced way and showing uh, how flawed they are um so all of this stuff the only way it's going to stop is if there is a tipping point and a mass enough people stand up and say we are not doing this and what that will mean is that some people will jeopardize their career some people won't be getting the promotions some people uh, actually uh, will be fired mm-hmm. um you have to go through that i mean the example i get well, i wrote an article about this and i gave the example of the witch trials in salem uh, and the reason i gave that that example is that they only stopped hanging the witches when enough people in the village started saying, hold on a minute, this is all bullshit. Because Mm. up until that point, they couldn't do it because everyone was so scared of being accused of a witch, they all went along with it. But it was the tipping point. So you had to get through whatever, however many executions there were, 18, 19, before the tipping point happened. And it's it's sad for the people that got hanged, (laughs) but Mm. if it weren't for those people saying, I think this is wrong, uh, then there would have been hundreds more hanged. So I think ultimately it's a collective effort (laughs) we all have to call out the bullshit when it's happening and, and take it on the chin. And I think that's, and, and it is the only way sounds brutal but it is it is the end of, the, yeah you know yeah. it's easy it's easy to stand back and and hope someone else does well it. it's uh, easy for me to say this as well because i can't be fired yeah I work we're for in myself. jobs
0: we're in jobs where actually us being outspoken on this is is a merit you know right I, and are, are you we, we're almost certain that we both get the same kind of correspondence from people who work in certain left-leaning jobs that are have uh, been I mean, in trouble for stuff you know really good like well, the worst ones for me are like teachers that are put in years yeah. and just just make, even if they make like one bad comment on one day you know the idea well, that was one person was on six
1: months suspension for it's a nightmare uh, I, I know because i was a teacher what sorry yeah. what was he on suspension for sorry I, I to interrupt. so he
0: he he made a a comment that alluded to a racial stereotype right so it wasn't like a racist joke or stuff but it incorporated the idea and that person yeah. was on their first day at the job and got him um suspended and every yeah. time the school tried to bring him back that person uh dug into the point now the, the fact of the matter is is what he, even if he you know he gets a fair hearing and it turns yeah. out that what he says was bang out of order does it mean he can never teach again that's right but, my there's issue.
1: No, but there's no room for firstly the idea that we're allowed to make mistakes human beings make yeah. mistakes there's no forgiveness for that uh and this is where i think the religion of social justice differs from the religion of christianity is that actually forgiveness is at the heart of well, redemption of christianity is so and important to redemption and that's yeah. not there that's completely absent in this in this uh in this critical social justice movement. Um, So just quickly on the teaching thing, Mm -hmm. because I I wanted to mention a friend of mine who's starting a teaching job in September and... um, He's saying that all of the... I mean, this this school is complete... Because it's a private school. and Private schools particularly have this bad at the moment. They're all putting out a pro-BLM statement. So they're all... Uh, which is <laughs> hilarious to me because uh, Black Lives Matter is an anti-capitalist movement and private schools would be the first to be fucking demolished under their under their rule. So, um, you know, it's 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 funny to me to see private schools self-destruct in this way. But he's at this school and he can't say anything. You know, he can't uh, speak out against these changes to the curriculum, this very divisive thing. And they even had a handout sort of what to do if a parent claims their child isn't racist, because you have to obviously challenge that and say your child is racist, you know, all of this. <laughs> but he <laughs> had to sit through a, a, an assembly, and yeah. this was early in the lockdown, actually, just after the, the all of this kicked off, and it was an assembly over Zoom, and the whole school had to go into this assembly. Mm. I don't know how you monitor that, but they did. And um, the assembly was about privilege, and basically it was, a, it was a teacher berating the pupils for their white privilege, their straight privilege, their male privilege, because it's a boys' school. They didn't mention class privilege at all now bear in mind this is a school yeah. that charges an extortionate amount for you. so they will turn away someone if you're poor they're not going to turn away someone if they're black the issue <laughs> at that school is not racial imbalance it's class and and that's it's just fucking ignored so this whole yeah, thing well, class is,
0: is such a bigger thing than a lot of these things and, and i is. think
1: that eventually that will be the big debate and it will stay, stay around for a long time but yeah but, but both i, do... I... I mentioned him, sorry, just because he's on probation. So therefore he cannot speak. He cannot, if he wants to hold his career, say anything. And I'm being fucking mischievous. I'm saying, just say something, just do it. You have to. And, I, and, you know, and when he gets fired and he's around my house getting drunk and, and crying, that will be my <laughs> fault. That will be my fault, but, but maybe I feel, I'll feel like I've made a difference.
0: He's got to take one for the team. I mean, one That's thing it. I do wonder about these things is, is just how many people in the chain of command, you know, in a school like that, actually agree with what's happening. So I often think that these ideas come from one person, and everyone's scared to shoot down a bad idea. Because of the climate that we live in, I mean, like the the Avanti gay train was a good, great example of. I don't think that many people suggested that in the boardroom, but I do think that once it was suggested, no one had the balls to go. That's a shit idea.
1: That's it. And I mean, you could you could just feel the collective cringe from gay people across the country when that fucking pride train ro- rolled its way up to Manchester. It's it's just so cringeworthy and awful and ghastly. And 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 it. I always say I always get into these arguments about this stuff. You know, like why are you so worried about what is obviously a minority group of people—they're small in number—and the reason I'm worried is that they, ha- they have a hell of a lot of power. So they—they mm. they, they do have the ability. It's undemocratic, mainly, you know. Yeah, I mean, Stonewall has been com- has completely lost its way because of extreme activists who, and everyone's too fucking scared to say, "Hang on a minute, we're you know, let's not." We're losing the qualities.
0: room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're exa- That's exactly it. What most people think. as we.
0: As we're talking about, um, you know, problems in your job, obviously I came and saw Titania's show at Edinburgh and a couple of people, Barry and Sarah, have asked about whether or not she had any career problems subsequently for playing the role. Has there been any implications for her?
1: None at all. This is very interesting to me and I I think it was a surprise to her. So the, Mm. the actor is Alice Marshall. She played Titania in the live show. And of course we were meant to be touring in March and that got postponed for a whole year um, so actually what they've done is they've just shifted all the people who bought tickets for last March are now going this March and they just shifted the tickets which is great yeah. if it happens who who knows um, but she got I was I I mean I'd had discussions with her before the run saying you know I get just abuse every day on social media for, for Titania so I'm imagining some of that will brush off on you and maybe that'd be great I think I think I was surprised that she didn't get any she hasn't had any. And I think part of the reason is that people understand she's an actor playing a role. I I imagine if she'd like maybe co-written it or something, she'd probably be on the receiving end of a lot of flack as well.
0: She's oppressed. You're essentially, you've caged a woman and uh, made her your
1: mouthpiece, so... Do you know what? I, I, I had this before when I wrote the... Uh, uh, there was a Jonathan Pye thing about the gender pay gap and and it was him talking to a feminist who was advancing the alternative feminist view that actually there 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 is no uh, uh, gender pay gap and, and and that it is illegal to pay women and men differently for the same work which everyone knows is true yeah. um and the the main accusation i got i got bombarded with people saying you're putting words in a woman's mouth you're using this yeah. woman i'm like she's an actor who's taken a job she's not some drone she could have said no she you know it's not it's a, why are you patronizing this woman like this and also haven't you ever heard of a writer writing a script for a character who may not be the same gender as that writer it's so it's so well, this is weird. another
0: problem i think on, on on the left around uh race and gender is entitlement weirdly you mm. know <laughs> they're supposed to be against entitlement but meanwhile every working class black or female person should vote for us you go right. you've got a fucking like it's such a dangerous point of view at the moment as, as we will know, because of our echo chamber stuff, there's really interesting discourse coming from black conservatives in Britain. And increasingly, the idea, like, uh, it it will never take the same kind of character it does in the US with someone like Candace Owens. It will never be that extreme. But, like, people really don't like the idea that their opinion is is owned, right? Right. And the reverse sexism. You'd have to have some weirdly Victorian like, view of women, to think, well, that poor woman on television I saw there, she was just being a mouthpiece for that vicious Andrew Doyle. What most people think. And speaking of kind of, like, aggressive discourse, uh, a couple of people asked about like the current sort of trans versus uh feminism and, and child s- safety, you know, dressing rooms, toilets, yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. Obviously that's a very febrile area of discourse. Like, but the company you yeah. actually asked, do you think there'd be a compromise between that? Because at the moment that is feels like that's cresting as an argument. It, so yeah, this is, is the, the idea that, that self-identification, uh where does that where do you Get changed, and how does that affect uh, traditionally female-only
1: areas? Well, the 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 anger and vitriol that's going on in this area is, is due to the fact that we haven't had a sensible adult discussion about it. That discussion hasn't been allowed, and the reason it hasn't been allowed is one side of the debate are saying that you are erasing my existence if you discuss this, and they're using this kind of very heavy-handed rhetoric to try and prevent people to have the conversation. And it might be that they would be able to persuade people of their their view if they allowed the conversation to go ahead. But actually, in truth, um, it will never be resolved because there is a fundamental ideological conflict that goes on between uh traditional feminism i'm not talking about uh, third or fourth wave feminism talk about traditional second wave liberation feminism and uh the extreme trans lobby because uh from a feminist perspective, gender is a social construct, and you know that boys wear blue and girls wear pink, and boys are more aggressive and girls are more uh, delicate, and that all of that comes out of socialization, not from anything innate. That's the traditional feminist view. The 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 the, the, the militant trans view is that uh, is a biological essentialist view, which is that people are born with the wrong brain in the wrong body, uh, and that if you play with uh, if a girl plays with tanks as a child, then she's probably a boy. A very conservative uh, view of gender is embedded in the in, in the trans uh, lobby at the moment, and that cannot work when it comes to uh, uh, feminism. The two things are simply incompatible, so so it's it's never quite going to go away. But at least what we could do. Is have a discussion like adults without shouting and screaming and calling each other names. That would be at least something. And at least even if we got to the point where we we're like, okay, these two things are incompatible, so we'll just we'll just have to find some kind of compromise or, or, or something. That would be something. But we're not gonna do it. I mean there are legitimate. I mean, reasons. As a
0: straight, as a straight white middle-aged man, there's a part of me that thinks it's quite nice and there's an argument. I can just sit out.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, you you <laughs> can in fact you should they would say that you should sit out because you've got no right to an opinion. I disagree with that. I think you should get stuck in, Joe.
0: You've got to have a day off sometimes. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> With well, the, trans, I mean, I mean, the only interesting about around trans stuff is that there is that libertarian side of me that does go, okay. So the state sort of get to like you have to give the state two years notice on what you call yourself and how you conduct yourself. I did, I did think that there was there was some argument for a change in the time span of self identification, but yeah. with all things, it goes two years to nothing, like to nothing that, overnight. Know.
1: We have to have to the discussion. I mean, I think the the obvious way forward is the liberal perspective, which would be my perspective. That, no wonder I support that one because that's what I think. But I think ultimately, just take the liberal view. Anyone should be allowed to call themselves whatever they want, uh, do whatever they want to their own bodies in terms of surgery or transition, do whatever they want. But they can't impose uh, language on other people. They can't force other people to call, use pronouns they don't want to use. They can't. You know, it's a simple liberal uh, point of view. However, when it comes to uh, questions of say, should uh, people with with penises, rapists with penises, be allowed in women's prisons? You know, they, yes, they should. They should Andrew, I why mean... <laughs> you so hateful? I mean, I mean, for God's sake, that's the thing. I mean, that's a that needs to be discussed. I would at least have thought that needs to be discussed, not least for the women who have in fact been raped as a result yeah. of this. I policy. mean,
0: like, one thing is like I think people say was that that forms a very a very small part of the incidence of this it does so much public policy is about the 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 minority likelihood if you look at all health and safety uh, legislation forever even right now the things that we're doing in lockdown are because of a very small chance of something happening so you can both acknowledge that there's a, that, that situation doesn't
1: come up loads but also you have to have an answer well, for that situation the government has to protect the minority right that's part of its job and and the idea that n- no one is saying that there are there are hordes of trans people who are or not even trans people hordes of straight men who are identifying as women in order that they can get into women's spaces and rape them that isn't true right but but some have and mm. th- there shouldn't be a policy uh, which enables that to happen so you know that's just that's just something you have to recognize what most people think. Uh, and one final one, uh, a little bit more frivolous. A couple
0: of people have asked this question: Is uh, who would win in a fight between
1: me and Titania? As in you, Jeff Norcott, and Titania?
0: Yeah. In, she, in, in how, how would she answer? How would she see this playing out?
1: Well, she'd rip your throat out. But basically, <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's even any contest there. Like she's she she because she's so seized with this sort of you know bristling anger and rage i mean she's angry all the time and if you know people who are angry all the time you, they're psychos when it comes to a fight
0: i don't but think would she be willing to say do wrestling moves if they involve cultural
1: appropriation so there's a lot of wrestling moves That's that come from, point. Them, from the mexican tradition i think she wouldn't use jiu-jitsu or anything like that she you know she would be very much a kind of uh, sort of animalistic frenzy which has no origin or discipline, as far as I'm aware. But
0: she'd have to, she'd
1: have to essentially do uh, middle-class... Maybe, maybe it's Scottish. She'd I don't have know, to but... do
0: middle-class white women moves, which would mean that she'd kind of just... <laughs> she'd be quite passive-aggressive for a while. Uh,
1: she'd tell me everything was fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, she'd probably scratch your eyes out and then blame you.
0: Do you know, you know the great thing at the moment is essentially I'm just stereotyping middle class white women. That that's okay at the moment with the whole Karen thing. White you women just, are evil, yeah. Oh, you could say well, the fuck are you. want about white middle class? I'm loving it. You know. Well, you, I mean, you there was talk a, uh... about their their kind of uh, their reproachful and, and their kind of like their their cynicism and their ability to get refunds for
1: intimidation. It's hilarious. I love that there was that Huffington Post article, wasn't it, about how white women are evil. I just think this is <laughs> great. Like the, the, <laughs> the woke lot are making it so easy for bigots to say what they want because well, because now it's really, really tolerant.
0: Well, I think that what we see so is kind of white men have uh, got it exclusively, yeah. well, and then, then we got white women. I think we'll now go down the ladder of privilege. What will happen is, I think the next will be uh, Asian men. Yeah, Asian men. Then then it'll be like we need to talk about Asian male privilege. Right? It would just it would just be a series of we need to talk about Well, wasn't there, it,
1: there was that article about how black men are the new white? men of black people and all like, oh, oh, this like it's like anyone who's got any kind of slight privilege above someone else can, can they be problematized yeah. you know into into being into, into oh it's just fucking stupid isn't it it's we just do, yeah stupid. we don't always need to talk
0: about is the answer you know I, no, I push back at that very, we, need, we need to talk about privilege and like uh, no we just need to actually get on with making stuff better
1: you know yeah think and stuff. and stop generalizing about people on the base of their skin color i mean and, I,
0: I i'd like to generalize about left-wing uh remainers uh the middle class i i want to have certain yes, exceptions y- to that yes
1: you do don't you it's outrageous i mean yeah but i, I think <laughs> but we shouldn't absolutely we shouldn't we should do it for the purposes of comedy or we should agree that
0: it's just fun uh, and, yeah. you know, as as long as most people aren't upset, you know, because uh, he, he said tying it back into the brand is what most people this is true. What most people think of Britain, is is a very dangerous thing in this country to try and uh, um, sort of uh, excuse anyone from having the piss taken out.
1: Yeah, but I think generalizing about uh, about a group of people for comedic purposes is is a different thing. Uh, than generalizing about people in order to make effectively racist or sexist statements like white women are evil. But I think there is a difference because when a comedian makes a, a bit, aren't they? I mean, there I we go. They... So what you've just done there, for instance, <laughs> right, that makes sense to me because what because by doing so you are kind of implicitly acknowledging how ridiculous it is that you are saying it by yeah. virtue of the fact that it's a comedic statement. That's the difference. There's no there's no such self awareness from the Huffington Post. <laughs>
0: Well, listen, man. It's 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 been a pleasure um, to have you back on. Is there anything we need to uh, push? What I mean, the ticket sales. People just need to go to your website for rescheduled Titania. Yeah, yeah. Douglas Murray. Well,
1: with the so with the Douglas Murray tour. So what we did, we had to cancel it because it was, of course, right and smack bang in the middle of lockdown. Yeah. So we we kept we moved the Hammersmith Apollo date to the November the 11th, and that's still there on sale and everything. Although i just don't know what's going to happen with that it might be that it's we socially distance it it might be that we just move it again to to my, maybe early next year so I, do, I just don't know but you know why not buy a ticket anyway because uh, actually that 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 show is more relevant than ever because what we're talking about is woke culture that's the whole point and we're trying to grapple with it and the whole second half of that show was going to be interactions with the audience and q a and trying to trying to work together to to work out what the hell we do about well yeah stuff. I mean
0: I think it's to be a great show because I don't know about you but I, I did a like an online fringe show and I had so much to talk about based on the yeah, last few so, months. so you already had a show and then and then we've had the yeah m- we've had all
1: this the and mid- then t- and then to tiny, to tiny tour we, we've added extra dates because the London date was sold out and everything we just mm. we just added a few extra dates and we moved them to bigger venues and things so the tour your, so the tour for next March, the Tatiana McGrath tour, there's there's tickets left for that because we've expanded it. Um, but most importantly, her new book is out now, mm. uh, which is her children's book. She's written a children's book called My First Little Book of Intersectional Activism, which is out <laughs> at the moment, and that that's uh, it goes through all her. Uh, icons all her role models the people she loves like Brie Larson and Hillary Clinton and Emily Pankhurst and Joseph Stalin and and al-Baghdadi you know people people like that so that's all in the book
0: so um, that's
1: that's out at the moment
0: no she's brilliant so yeah check out uh Titania's show check out uh Andrew's show with Douglas Murray and a book coming out soon and thank you very much for returning to what most people think thanks for having me so that was the chat of Andrew Doyle I hope you enjoyed it he was on spanking form as ever check out all the things that he was hyping there the tour the book etc uh, 3 pound Patreons Alex another one known demon there Daryl Gould just sounds like an umpire doesn't he umpire Daryl Gould gave it out there a lot of people felt it was going down leg side but Hawkeye said Daryl Gould was i uh, ever done my shitty Richie Benham impression if you like cricket, obviously you have to do a Richie Benaud impression. I haven't done it, I haven't done it for a while. So let's bust it out and see how it goes. So England uh, going into the lunch break there, twenty two for two. The man out was uh, Alex Stewart, caught hooking on the boundary, or caught with a hooker on the boundary. An absolutely beautiful twenty one year old Lithuanian. <laughs> and uh, I also do, I also do Jeffrey Boycott. When I used to get, <coughs> when I used to get wasted with my mates, we'd just sit there and do this for hours. Uh, yeah, the fact is, each year he's got caught out there, he looked like Hugh Grant with uh, Divine Brown in back of car. Absolute rubbish. Um, so, yeah, feel free to mock me for those impressions. And sorry, the, the, the last £3 patron there to give a shout to was Julia Roebuck. Julia Roebuck. He sound like look, Julia Roebuck. I don't want to, yeah, I'm not saying you are this, but you sound like a really strong, like, feminist author. Julia Roebuck's first novel called Grabbing by the Balls. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking for the reviews, so let's see what we got. We got, we got an interesting, interesting reviews last week. I got f- uh, one star from somebody who used to be a fan. On his own, Jeff is funny. I paid for a ticket to and enjoyed his recent front room fringe concert. Sadly, Jeff feels that he has to hang around with idiots. His recent interview of the hateful Marcus Brigstock, brackets obese cheese addict, and, weird, uh, and... The unfunny half of Skinner and Badil demonstrates Jeff's disparate need for acceptance. I think you mean desperate, but I take your point. Uh, refer to Badil's anti-British, C-word-infested outrage. Yawn at British history. Have unsubscribed. Who knows who he'll interview next? Well, turns out it's Andrew Doyle. So if you'd stuck around, all right, I'm going to speak to whoever I want. That's the whole point of being a liberal, isn't it? Yeah, if I want to do a couple of guests where I speak to people that think different things from me, I'll do that. And then sometimes we'll speak to people... That we agree with, right? I I think that's not unreasonable. And and regarding what what David Bedil said about that song, I mean, I I can't say it often enough. I'm a comedian. I'm never, ever going to come down to the side of somebody self-censoring, right? On the other hand, when governments and corporations start to do things that I think are disrespectful of the heritage of this country, that's a slightly different issue because... They're in power, right? Whereas uh, comedians, well, they're just ba- we're barely in work at the moment. Uh, more more of you here. This one's called Yellow Lives Matter. Jeff, love your podcast as it really is an antidote to the woke snowflakes out there. However, did you freebase a gram of speed before the latest one? This is one, so I do talk fast. As I genuinely had to check if I accidentally put the speed on times one. Uh, yeah, I, w- I will try and address that. But it's all about momentum, do you know what I mean? We'll fucking get this with people from London like A little bit, hey, work. whoa, whoa. Uh, this is from Russian 8 It's great to hear both sides of the debate, and Jeff says a lot of things I agree with and a few that I don't. It's great that he takes the time to talk to comedians with different views like Badil and Brigstock. But enough from me. This is amazing. It's almost like one person could enjoy, a guess, and another person might not enjoy the next one. It's amazing. Uh, but enough from me. Get yourself down Woke Central and catch the rainbow bandwagon to Destination Sanity. But don't get off the train. Just come straight back. Keep up the great work. Ian from Rochester. Well, I don't know Ian's politics, but Rochester is one of the most brick city places in the country. Uh, this one's quite long, so I'll try and pick out um, the last bit of it. Uh, always funny to the point and great to finally find someone of a center right persuasion and one that would definitely fit in with most of the people I know can't wait to use some of his lines at council meetings oh we've got got a a Tory councillor here um just to watch the woke twatterati get annoyed aren't they always that's true they 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 are kind of quite annoyed uh there's another five star review if you give me a five star review we'll read it out and often these days if you give me a one star review I'll read that out too but I'm, I'm essentially encouraging one star reviews so I fully retract that unless it's funny uh, this one's quite a long one as well I appreciate it Alco Pop Bob so I'll just read the last bit uh, a comedian in tune with his audience finding humour in how the big issues of the day filter down to ordinary lives never afraid to take the piss out of himself as much as each other yeah as much as but you know of course when I, when I take the piss out of myself it's, it's a character isn't it uh, because when middle class left wing comic does it then that, that's irony apparently and finally this is from um, a village uh dealing with identity politics the final frontier is continuing a mission to expose strange new woke ideas to seek out real life and truth in civilizations to boldly go where no woke person has gone before well I, i'm glad that you think i'm woke I, I think a lot of people would uh push back on that idea but uh i just say you know st- stay alert and you, you know think about think about what our our friend andrew draw said to us today next time you're in the workplace Next time someone suggests a gay train or decolonizing your iTunes playlist, just say, fuck off. You know, just just, just a little bit, words to the effect. Just, um, you're not allowed to excavate my brain. All right, let's, let's, let's start the pushback here. I mean, look, we got, we got the lyrics of The Proms Reinstated. Who knows what's next?